here's a peek inside my head. On sometimes immediately upon concluding one sermon on a Saturday, like immediately, the first thought that I have is, oh God, help me, I've got to do this again next week. It's called by pastors and rabbis alike the relentless return of the Shabbat, which is completely contrary to what the idea is that we present and say it's a day of incredible rest. It is, but not really, because you always have to be coming up with something new, something exciting, something challenging, something that brings the kingdom, something that excites people. And sometimes that just doesn't happen like this week, (laughs) where I prepared a complicated message of, you know, just, wow, let's figure out something amazing to share. And I'm asking God and there's just nothing. And I'm reading over the notes that I've written and it's like, I I don't, I'm not, I don't even wanna, I can't say this. And I'm asking God, what do you want me to do? I mean, I I don't feel any connection to anything. This is my job. I can't have rabbi writer's block. I've got to be able to do something here. What do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to listen. You talk so much. I want you to listen to what I'm saying, not to you, but to the world. And once you've actually heard it, then I want you to speak, and not until then. So that's what I did. I sat back and I listened, and I said, nothing's coming. What do you want me to talk about? I want you to talk about life. And I'm not saying I had this audible conversation with God. It's just in my head, but he was there. I want you to talk about life. Okay, great. What about life? Do you want me to talk about how, you know, how, how life is unpredictable, tragic, fragile, hard? How about that, God? Is that the conversation? How about the fact that out of nowhere, 110,000 people died from something that we never saw coming? Well, more people die from the flu. I know, but all those people died and the 110,000 people. You can't say that. Life is unpredictable. Things happen. George Floyd is dead. So is Ahmaud Arbery. They shouldn't be dead. Life is tragic and unpredictable. And, and let's just depoliticize for the moment the idea. Let's, let's, let's separate ourselves from the politics of George Floyd and every other thing that's going on. He shouldn't be dead. And neither should Officer Brianne Leaf 24-year-old African-American police officer shot and killed in the line of duty. Neither should 77-year-old David Dorn, 38-year police veteran, 
enforced and lived as a hero in the St. Louis area, leading and chiefing that department, shot and killed on Facebook and died on the street in front of his shop. By who? People who shouldn't have done that. 38-year-old Sergeant Damon Gutzweiler should also not be dead as he investigated a suspicious vehicle and leaves behind his wife, young child, and unborn child. And it hits home here because life is tragic, hard, and unpredictable. Gil Held fell down and hit his head, and he's dead now. He's gone. Talon was riding a four-wheeler with his dad and ended up underwater for 15 minutes with no pulse for 45 minutes. It shouldn't happen. Is that the life you want me to talk about, God, I asked. Is that the encouragement that I should bring? That sometimes life just really sucks? Or how about, what the, I know what I'll do. I'll go back and I'll read the New Testament. There's always encouragement when I read Yeshua and the Gospels. So let's take a time trip back to the Gospels. And let's look at what life was like then. And imagine this. Not long before Yeshua was on earth, there was this thing that happened that was called Hanukkah, sort of. That's not what it was called. But you know what it was about? It was about people coming in and saying, Jews, you should all die. And if you don't die, you should live like Greeks. And you should reverse your circumcision and all this other kind of weird, crazy stuff that was going on. But they triumphed through that. And so they came back around, but not without cost, because now what happened is the government, in essence, got completely corrupted and polluted. And the temple, the holy dwelling place of God, became a, a, a business. And the priesthood became somewhat corrupt. And all the while, people are coming in, and Israel's still not free. The Jewish people aren't free. Around Yeshua's time, Rome was there. Rome tolerated Jews, tolerated them, but they didn't like them, and they set up idols and ideologies that were completely contrary to God. Well, but at least everyone was getting along, right? Nobody got along, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the Essenes, and one of my favorites, the Zealots, also known as the Sicarii. Why? Because they carried daggers under their tunics, and if they saw you doing things that they, pre they, they thought were not Jewish enough or anti-Jewish, they would stab you with them. All the while, the new sect is emerging called the Way, which is followers of disciples, disciples of Yeshua, Nobody got along. And my goodness, that kind of sounds like this year, the year of 2020, we should call it the year of why not? I mean, the year of what else? I'm waiting for, you know, well, when pigs fly, I'm waiting for Porky Pig to fly into my windshield when I'm driving home. But you see, in the midst of everything that was going on in Israel, this man stood.
stood up and stood on a rock or a cave or a hill or wherever he was giving his message. In the midst of everything that was going on, he said these words, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, because they will be called the sons of God. Well, what's that supposed to mean? What am I supposed to do with those words when life is what it is? When I look around and see what's going on, how is that supposed to help me navigate the difficulties of life? What good do those words do, some vague thing, when life is crazy? And so for a strange departure, let me go from, from Jesus to James. Clear, that is. Atomic Habits author. Who I read this quote this week that says, when the world seems uncontrollable, Focus on what you can control. When the world seems uncontrollable, focus on what you can control. And I sensed God saying to me this week and for this conversation, no, that's not the part of life that I want you to talk about, the tragic, unpredictable, scary, hard, sad things. Do you know why? Because you can't control those things. They are out of your control. I am in control of those things. That's not what I want you to focus on. And friends, listen to me. The idea that we can change the world, I'm sorry, by the end of this, I will have offended someone or maybe a lot of people. But the idea that we can change the world, the idea that we can fix the system the idea that we can, we can legislate fairness or legislate morality, the idea that we can make, we can convince racists to not be racist, the idea that we can make all mean people nice, we can't do it. And I'm sorry to be a downer. It's not going to happen. You know why? That's life. You see, what's actually going on around us right now is the same thing that was going on in Yeshua's day. It's an issue-driven culture and the subsequent response. An issue-driven culture. It's all about the issues. We're fighting over X, Y, Z, whatever the thing is, and by God, we are going to defend that position at all cost, come hell or high water. So, Damien, you're suggesting that these important issues don't matter. Man, you sound like a liberal. Or on the other side, wow, you sound like a far right wing extremist. You know what's wrong with issue-driven cultures and subsequent response? First off, most of the time, the responses are completely ignorant and illogical and done by stupid people, which we're witnessing all over the place.
And secondly, what happens is when you focus solely on issues, you miss the thing underlying the issue. Do you know what that is? A person, people, some, pe- some person, their life, their, their pain or their feelings or something, these things are underneath issues. People, human beings. What hurts them? What causes them pain or grief? And no one can see past our side to see that today. And too often, you want to know something else about issues? Too often the people who are wearing their hero shirt, I'm on your side, I'm, I'm, I'm standing up for you, they're in it for power or money. And that's just life. Every single person in Washington, D.C., I think, is in it for power or money. And sometimes it works really well and it's good and sometimes people benefit, but ultimately we are a, we are just, we're just not that great of people. But we're trying, some of us. Do you know what I want to be? I want to be ashray. I want to be blessed. I want all of us to be blessed. And do you know where blessed is? It's in the middle as a peacemaker. For you shall be called the sons and daughters of God. What those words of Yeshua say to me now is this. You need to begin to look beyond the issues and try desperately like I did to see people once again. You really need to do that. That's what the Sermon on the Mount says. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the meek. That means humble people. That's what he's saying. Be humble. Blessed are the the pure in heart. Have genuine motivation to see someone happy or to be better or to change something. I know God said to me, you're not listening and you're also not seeing. You're not looking around. I had a conversation with Sam about Ravi Zacharias, incredible, incredible man of God and also incredibly intelligent and also incredibly well-equipped to defend, debate, destroy somebody on the other side if he wanted to. But what he did was he saw the person And more than just a debate to prove you wrong and make you look stupid and make my cause, he saw the person. He saw what was their humanity or why maybe, why they did what they did or or who they were. And he was a master of connecting with people and in the process positively affecting their lives and the rest of the world. May his memory be for a blessing. My skin is white. I'm not privileged in that. I don't wake up every day saying, thank you, God, for making me white. I don't consider it a privilege. It's not something I can control. It's not something I feel led to change or feel bad about, and I sure as anything am not 
bowing down to anyone and kissing their boots and apologizing for being white. As the African-American Georgia State Patrol officer said when someone asked him to bow down, he said, respect is one thing, I only bow to one man. Yeshua. However, and I'm so glad that Jennifer and Charles are here as I say this because this is important. I do have a perspective because I'm white. (laughs) And I understand that it is actually the only perspective I have. It's not a privilege. It is my perspective. And it does, no pun intended, color things. It makes me see the world a certain way. It is undeniable. Granted, I'm Jewish, I understand a little bit more than the average person about what it means to be hated or singled out because you're different. But, seeing past your perspective is very important. And I read this young African-American's quote in a magazine called The Athletic. Eric Stevens is his name. And he's talking about the residual anger and the pain from experiences of racial discrimination. He wrote this, and I quote, don't try to relate. I don't want you to. Just understand, just acknowledge that in some ways, our existence, that is between black and white, will always be different than yours. Our existence as black people will always be different than yours. Don't be afraid to stand up if you see someone being mistreated. Don't be afraid to speak up and have a conversation about race in public and more importantly, in private. And do you know what? Those words struck me to the core because you don't think about that if you're white. (laughs) When you drive through a neighborhood you don't think about people looking at you and saying, what are, what are they doing here? And that happens. That's real. That happens. And this guy is saying, I don't want you to, like, I don't want you to try to be me or think like me. I just simply want you to understand that it's the real world that happens for us. Well, I know, but you know, African Americans make up only 13% of the population and 44% of the crimes are committed, and, and black on black. So what? I get it. It doesn't change what that man said. We can, we can sit here and we can argue about stats. But all Eric Stevens is saying, guys, you know what? Life is hard for us at times. It would be nice if you could recognize that. My son, you know, just thinking, I've seen so many stats and heard so many arguments, some good, some stupid, whatever. 
But when all we see is the stats, we don't see the people. We miss behind the issues. My son is a police officer. My son He loves people. He has always loved people. He is my baby. Mine and Kelly's six foot five, 300 pound baby. He is Savannah's husband and he is soon to be a little boy's dad. And he is a police officer. And he wakes up every day now of his life to go and protect people. And do you know something? I hate it. I want to say I'm so proud he's a hero, but I hate it. Do you know why? Because I am concerned that somebody who only sees the issues of police brutality and thinks that all cops are bad and should die, I'm afraid that someone's going to hurt him. And listen to me. Don't you dare anyone tell me that he's a bad cop, a bad person, a racist, a scumbag who needs to be wiped out. Because you see, you don't see him. You're not listening. You're not looking. And when you tell other people those things, people get hurt. Because they buy into the lies. What Yeshua's words in the Sermon on the Mount say to me is, life is hard. Life can be unfair. Life can be brutal and life can be sad. But life, by our choices, can be meaningful and can be blessed, and can be beautiful, but it's probably not going to be found arguing in the issues. And not seeing people. It's going to be found in the people likely one person at a time. Just see them, hear them, be humble, be merciful, be pure in heart. And for the love of God in heaven, can we please seek peace? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons and daughters of God. Life is hard, it's unfair, it's short as we have observed, and it is painful at times. Blessed are the peacemakers. That peace is not coming from Washington, D.C. It's not coming from a protest. It's not coming from a town hall meeting. It's not coming from a charity fundraising event or a synagogue or a church service. service. The peace is being made out there one person, one relationship at a time. Only God can change the world. That's what I'm talking about. We can't 
we can't do the things that people say we can do, but we can change ourselves and one relationship at a time. Blessed are the peacemakers. Man, I just can't wait to get back to normal. Let's get back to normal. What if normal's not worth getting back to? What if what we had is not what we should go back to? Let's get back to good, uplifting messages. Let's, let's get back to learning Torah. Friends, this is the Torah. <laughs> this is living out the Torah. And if you can't do this, all the learning in the world does not mean a thing. Today is the only life you have. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you don't even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. You might not do anything tomorrow because today is what you have. Listen and look at the people around you. Hear them. See them. That's up to you. Oh, say shalom im ramah. shalom aleinu. May he who makes peace in the heights make peace for us. And right now more than ever, may we demonstrate his peace on earth. Blessed are the peacemakers. Shabbat Shalom. We're building the kingdom and thankful that you're a part of that mission. If this teaching inspired you, please consider a financial gift to support the work of Shalom Macon. Visit MaconMessianic.com and click Give Online. May the Lord bless and keep you.